Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week, whilst Key Nurse is a hangover from one too many Merlots at his wine club, we are joined by the inimitable Steve Mutum to talk us through this week's ep. Steve, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Will. How are you? I'm very good. I'm kind of happy that you've been able to join for this episode, knowing you're a big baseball fan. And I know kind of pre-season training kind of got underway yesterday, so I'm a bit chomping at the bit. Spring training started yesterday, and mm. uh, well, for, for the Jays anyway, I think John actually watched a game for the uh, Boston Red Sox the night before. But uh, after this is done at about 5pm tonight, I'll be tuning in to watch the Jays play the Phillies in a training game. So yeah, quite exciting. Absolutely, love to hear it. And if you haven't already guessed, listeners, this is Season 4, Episode 16, The Unnatural, in which Frazier worries his lack of sporting ability hampers his role as a father. Now, Steve, hypothetically, were you to have, you know, little Steve Jr. running around downstairs right now, what would you, what weakness would you be most afraid of him finding out about you? Would it be mental maths? Would it be, you know, you can't throw a pitch? Any weaknesses? I was dreading that there was going to be a question at the start, as there always is for Key, and I, I was quite concerned you were going to ask me to do some math in my head. Which <laughs> I no, was tempted because Key would, Key would have slayed that out of the park, but because um, he was very good with maths to, uh, historically. Well, we'll try that on one of the trivia questions in the future for him. Um, <laughs> what would I be afraid of them finding out? What am I not mm. very good at? I, mean, this, it, I, was, I presume there's a lot of things I'm probably not very good at. What would I? Oh, you, you and me both. I don't know, actually. I'd have to turn this around and actually say the thing, my dad's always been very, very good at things. And you, and you do look up to your dad, don't you? I mean, I'm sure you do, you do the same. And you always mm. think, I wonder what my dad isn't good at. And that's what I was actually thinking today. I thought that was going to be the question you were going to ask. What have I found out my dad's <laughs> good at? And I don't think it's even something he's not good at. And sorry to go away from this question. I will try and find something. No, no, by all means, this is what the, um, the questions are for. But I think the only thing my dad might not be the best at, although he is still good at it, is DIY. If I oh, asked him to put up the a, words shelf, out of mouth. a simple shelf for my dad would probably take three hours and he'd be there with you know every single instrument to make sure it was accurate. And nowadays, if my other half says to me, can you put a shelf up? I'll go, yeah, it's about there and about there. That looks about level. Spirit level on top, right, I'm getting the drill out. And yeah. she'll go, how do you do that? And I go, don't know. But my dad would have taken four hours to look at that. He'd have had every single measuring instrument <laughs> out possible to make sure it was accurate. And I just sort of, I've got an infinity maybe for just putting a shelf up and hoping it works and it's fine. I am exactly like your dad, as is my dad. Like, no one has kind of inherited that in, in my family. My granddad, um, you know, who is now kind of north of 80, who can do anything. He's one of the best carpenters I've ever seen, amazing at fixing practically any kind of common issue in the house. Um, maybe not electrics, but pretty much everything else. Um, he can do all that, and no one has inherited those skills. And, like, when I, you know, eventually move out... I want to kind of take the time, watch YouTube tutorials, you know, because it's a tutorial for anything now. Like, you know, if you want to do something around the house, you can probably find it. I'm like the way you describe putting up a shelf. I think nine times out of ten, it's just having the confidence to just go, right, I need to do this and this. Let me just do it. Um, That's where I think I differ from my dad. I think my dad's very, what if there's something in the wall? What if the wall's not strong enough? What if I use the wrong screw? Whereas I'm more improvised. I live in a very old house. My house was built in about the 1830s. At the end of the day, there's not going to be a pipe in solid brick. 
I've not even got insulation, so I'm pretty sure I can drill into pretty much anywhere in the house and it'll be safe. There's no insulation anywhere in the house. I don't have, I barely even have foundations, Will. <laughs> right, like you're slowly crumbling away into the into the marshes. <laughs> we have brick at the bottom and we have timber at the top. It is nice. a very sturdy house, but yeah, it's built in a very different style to what they'd build it now. So I but love yeah, like that, I say, I love it's history. Living in an old house, you, you learn a lot about DIY because you constantly need to fix something. Something will always be creaking or banging or falling apart that you'll be tapping away out with a hammer or wedging something in to hold it back together again. Yeah, but the payoff is, as you say, an 1830s house, beautiful. Um, you know, a lot older than most of our listeners will, will know, um, being from the new world. Um, well, yeah. So there we go. Uh, shall we took ourselves into Trivia Corner this week before we jump into the review? I watched this episode. I mean, yes, obviously the answer is yes. I watched this episode to hear a couple that. of weeks ago um, in preparation for the coffee can, um, which I now haven't got any notes on, so hopefully we've still got a message between me and you somewhere back then. And then I've somewhere. watched it in the last 20 minutes. I've briefly skipped through the episode to remind myself. So, um, Do they get a coffee in this app? Um do they go to Novosa? From memory, no. In no, fact, I don't. I don't think they do, and I don't think we. Yeah, it's fine because I don't think we mention it if they don't go there. But I don't have anything in my. Uh... No, do you know what there is? One for Niles, one for Fraser. I've got written down in the old pad for the coffee can. So. Really? Okay. Well, I'll have to. Whilst we're doing something else at some point, go back through my notes and find out what the last total was because I certainly. Uh, yeah. I certainly don't have it now. Um, right. I just need to find the um, the unnatural. Uh, trivia section on Reddit. Um, I've actually got four questions for you, but if one of them's taken, that's why. Um, here so we go. I've no idea what you're going to ask me. So, <laughs> okay, right. So, I mean, I I also watched this episode two weeks ago. I'm going to crash and burn beautifully in this trivia corner, but that's that's why we we love this segment of the episode. So, first question from our boy Hammy for you, Steve. What did Fraser overlook on Niles's attire? Damn it, oh, I would have remembered this. No, I, well, I'm hoping this is right. Is it the subtle diamonds in his tie? Yes, it is. <laughs> Superb. And might I Thank add, like, it. it's, it's actually very, like, it's it's a good thing he's done there. Like That yeah. is a clever little, you know, I don't think he's being facetious or being a nerd. I think he's, he's quite, I like it. I like what that. else could he have done other than wear a baseball cap, which he did in, I think, was it Travels With Mine? He felt yeah. inspired then. He's feeling time. inspired. Yeah, um, I just diamond pattern on his tie. Love to see him in a Letterman jacket at some point, but there we go. <laughs> um, question two, what did Frederick fail to finish due to Fraser's intervention? He's oh. describing something, but Fraser intervenes. Oh, um, Daphne in the shower. Description of Daphne in the shower. Let the boy finish. <laughs> <laughs> Question three, last one from Hammy this week. What three things did Roz do that can't be coached? I hate to tell you I've written them down because I was going to ask you that exact same oh, question. Oh, this happens all the time with Keith, well, so do don't worry. The answer is kicked dirt on the umpire's shoes. Chest butted yeah. him, and I believe almost took a bite out of the finger he was pointing at her with. I would not have got any of them, so I am so <laughs> grateful that that has not been asked to be. Um, I tell you what, then, Steve, I'm going to leave um, BB Glazer, a new member of the trivia cadre, and I'll ask her question to me because I haven't I haven't revealed the answer yet. So that can replace the one that you've just had to. Uh... No, well, I've still got three left. So oh, that's fine. Then I'm going to ask it. To, I'm going to ask it to you. In total, how many times does Niles say really when hearing about what Freddie and Daphne have been doing during his visit? Really? Um, I didn't write down how many, but I did really? write down the bullet point, and it just says really. Really? <laughs> I would go with, I reckon. 
I'd have had a good stab at this, I think. I'd say three would be a standard joke, isn't it? Even in things like Family Guy. The, they always the power of three. Yeah. Three works, and there's always a fourth one to really push it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to gamble, actually, with four. As Ken Bruce on BBC Radio 2's yeah. Popmaster would say, you are one year out, but not one year. You're one number out. It's five, five times. Um, well, I'll leave you a t-shirt. I don't care about the I'll get, I'll get you a t-shirt. I'll get you a t-shirt. Um, and finally, from this little section this week from Mrs. Guzman Crane, there are three stripes on the sleeve of the KACL jerseys. What colours are they? And in what order? Whoops, I've just knocked my microphone. Oh, I think I'd have got this, but maybe the, the wrong way around. There's three colours, is there? Yeah, I mean, there's three. There's three stripes. Um, yeah. So let, that doesn't necessarily mean every well, colour is different. There's two colours. I think they're blue, yellow, and blue. Is that what you're going to go with? Well, it's either that or yellow, blue, and yellow. <laughs> yes, it is. So which one are you going to go with? <laughs> um, option B then. Spot on, yellow, blue, yellow. I'm loads, Steve. Um, some excellent questions there. Before we jump into the other batch, Steve, lay yours at my feet, sir. Uh, well, my first one's gone, thanks to Hammy. But the second one is Wretched Hammer. Who was the executive at Microsoft? What was the name of the executive at Microsoft? Which oh, God. Is this who Roz knew? Um, yeah. Oh, sugar me. Up, he kept calling her. He yeah. even held up a sign outside a house, I believe. Oh, this this episode. This is going to be a disaster. This epi- I watched this so long ago. I'm going to absolutely rammed full of random names as well. There are uh, so many names. Honestly, I'm just going to guess John John Hancock, the founding father of America. You're right. It is Scott John Hancock Blankman. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! No, not it even kind of close. <laughs> to quote Greg Kinnear from Friends, not even kind of close. <laughs> yeah, Scott Blankman was his name. Scott Blankman. So I hate to give you another one with a name. But it's okay. In the closing credits, which I oh, hope you've watched no, at some point. No. There is a special appearance of a famous celebrity, and he's literally in it for a couple of seconds, and his name actually comes up in the credits before he appears in the episode. Really? Yeah, it's a very that, strange little sequence at the end. I'm wondering then if the closing credits is another baseball scene and it's a famous baseball player. Um, no, miles off, I'll tell you that a, now. A miles off, damn it. Um, to do was, and she had a crush on this person when she was younger. Oh, God. She mentions that in this episode. It's not. It wasn't a baseball player. She had the crush up. She mentions it at the start, and in the closing credits, Fraser's giving her some gifts. Oh, no, Steve. Please put a bullet in me. Tell me. It's Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sherman! Hugging um, a little Bobby Sherman pillow. Yeah, oh. him, and when Fraser comes in at the end, she, he brings her a Bobby Sherman T-shirt, an album, then a pillow, and then Bobby Sherman himself walks in. No way. Interestingly enough, in the credits, it says special appearance from Bobby Sherman. And four seconds later, Bobby Sherman's in it. So he's actually announced before he's in there. That's so funny. Oh, my God. In the 90s, would you have random 70s? I think he's a singer. um, Random people like that appear for literally a split second. I know. You wouldn't get that in any sitcoms now. You wouldn't. It was just a different vibe back then. And uh, so question three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How tall is Freddie? Oh, and I'll hint that, that Niles is the one that gives the answer. Uh, he gives the answer to Niles. Sorry, 
Niall says, look how big you've grown. So how tall is he? Oh. Okay, well, he's, let me let me let me see. Um, I have no idea what the a, a child of his height should be. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess he's four foot eight. It's a horrible trick question. No, the exact same size you saw me last time. Oh man, I remember that quote as well. Oh god damn it, god damn it. I mean, <laughs> I, I wonder. Annoying Freddy being like that. I but. wonder how tall he actually is. I don't know what what children. I mean, how old is he? About eight or nine here? Yeah, I'll, I'll come on to the the fact that he's eight later on when we review this. But yeah, he's eight, and I he looks a very small eight year old to be. He fair. does look a very small eight year old, and seems. But then with the Daphne stuff, so he seems bizarrely pubescent for an eight year old. Um, yeah, but if you look at the length of Freddy's trousers, they're very, very big, like suit pants in there. Suit pants. And he wears a little tiny jumper, doesn't he? He's just very oddly dressed for an eight-year-old. <laughs> I don't know who was on wardrobe for um, this episode. That's Lilith for you, isn't it? <laughs> but there we go. Um, right, let's uh, let's see things for a close of MK and his card right here. So, trivia numero uh from, from MK. What are Roz's and Frazier's jersey numbers? Oh, you know what? I mean, they're going to be random guesses because I cannot remember. I'd say that Frazier's is 53 hmm. and Roz's is 22. Roz is six. And you're not actually a million miles away from Frazier. At the batting cage, it's 46. But when he plays for KSCL, it's 14. Yeah, one for the, uh, the 46 for some reason, but the jersey number in that, no, no idea. One for the uh, the visual watchers there, um, yeah. visual trivias. What is the assumed question? that Freddie asked Bulldog at KACL? I don't know what the question is. The answer is, Abraham Lincoln, what school did you go to? What school did you go to? Do you maybe want to just take a guess um, at what the question could have been? Because we, we can never know. We can never know. President was assassinated picking up his tickets at the box office. <laughs> who had a brighter future than Frazier? Um, <laughs> we've got here who, who wrote slash delivered the Gettysburg Address, which could certainly have, have been what he asks. Um, but <laughs> yeah... That would make sense because one of the title cards is who wrote the Gettysburg Address. That is very, that's very true. I'd forgot about that. So that is definitely well done, the assumed question. Trivia on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a great question from MK there. Um, finally, when did Bulldog have his Night of Amore with Mindy Guthrie? Um, viewers were, or listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm just counting back on my fingers. I think yes. it was eight months, eight months ago because she's. Oh, is she eight months pregnant? Is it seven months ago or nine months ago? I'm looking specifically for a month. I'm looking for a month of the year here, which you can presumably work out through what you're doing. Well, I can't because I don't know what month the show was in. <laughs> I can't remember either, actually. Oh, no, actually, no, it was broadcast on April Fool's Day in 1997, so it's nearly 25 years ago. April, okay. So I'm going for August. I've got July here. I've got July. And if, if, if history has taught me anything, it is that I never, ever doubt MK. He's always spot on the no, money. So um, July there. A question from Little Owler in the Glen. When discussing the lineup for the next game, which position does Roz ask Bulldog to assign to her? She wants to be second base. Yes, she does. She wants to go second base with Bob Bulldog Briscoe. Trivia and from I'm Niall Crane. Sorry, is... in the review as well because I've got a comment to make about the second base comment. Oh, I'm loving, I'm loving that. Um, trivia from Niall Crane. What colour are the batting gloves that Fraser wears during the scene with Martin? This must be at the cage. There's going to be an immediate gut feeling that they're red, red and 
I don't know. <laughs> what goes with red, Steve? Come on. What goes with everything? White. Red and white. There we go. Absolutely. Um, trivia from Juicy Wench. Frasier. Yeah, Freddy. Sorry, Freddy already knew Frasier wasn't perfect. What are the three things that he says to support this? <laughs> the last one always makes me literally crack up. I've seen my dad run. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him run. <laughs> Correct. Um, That's one of them. Oh, do you know what? I don't know what the other two are. Really he thought don't. Venus was the North Star yes. and he couldn't oh. fix his computer. That's um, it. I love the Venus which, is the North Star one as well. Actually. Not being able to fix a computer was probably enormously common in the 90s. Um, you know. But it was important to Freddie because he wanted to go to Microsoft. He did want to go to Microsoft. There we go. So what a disappointment his dad is. Final question from Run For Your Life this week from Amy. Which moment in another episode in Frasier is the quote, we've had this date with each other from the very beginning from Streetcar Named Desire used between characters? Oh, which other episodes? And I, I wouldn't have got this, though I did think it had been previously, not previously, sorry, it had also been used in an episode in the future from this one. Oh, do you know what? I think I know it. I don't. You know when that that sounds stupid. No, no, no. I tell you what, I'll tell you which two characters say it to one another, and maybe you can work out the plot. Does Martin say it at one point? Niles says it to Roz in Nervosa. What are they concocting or what's the vibe? Why would he say that to Roz? They're they're scheming together. Is that when they go to the lodge with uh, Donny, so it's going to be decoys. It is decoys. One of my faves, actually. I really love decoys. It's so shifty. It's a, it's a cabin episode. Obviously, I'm going to like it. I'm so predictable. Um, but yet, yeah, some excellent questions there from the Trivia Masters. Um, thank you for that, as always. And keep it coming, as you usually do. Shall we jump into a view this week? Yeah, let's get out of Trivia Corner again. That's horrible. That is, I don't know you did okay. I mean, <laughs> I've come out absolutely covered in shame. But I mean, that's just par for the course. Um, I love that there's no consistency lost, when, whether it's key hosting, whether it's you co-hosting. I'm always shite in Trivia Corner, so it's it's wonderful. Um, can you remember what the animation was for Animation Watch? I believe a crescent moon. A crescent moon, yeah. really lovely I, stuff. Like you know this I one. It was, yeah, it was. It was really nice to see. Quite a classic thing. Bit disappointing that the show or the episode itself isn't in the evening or at night, so mm. the moon's irrelevant. Um, and they don't probably use that one with moons over Seattle, which would have been another mention. Or just another about to say that to use that, and I don't think it is. And yeah, think, why would you not? It's just yeah kind of begging to be used there um but yeah really really nice one understated kind of fits the vibe of the of the skyline yeah yep. big fan of the moon there um this also coincidentally this theme tune variation of like opening theme variation is my favorite one and it's the one that we've been using for this season of the podcast it's one that goes like dun 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 do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i don't know cool. why it's just got a bit of a like it, it comes to a real concluding note some of the others feel like they're quite jaunty and they're kind of still open as the as the episode begins this one kind of really it's got almost a bit of a mournful vibe but i'm actually amazed that no one on youtube yet has put these together they have why haven't i not seen this Send it there you me. go i found this someone <laughs> has edited all, all of the fraser opening variations together um and i can't i don't think that's what i used to get the audio for these seasons i think i've just ripped them from episodes at random um but yeah it's out there um i think it might also be combined with the person who's put all the animations together but there we go oh, um does the name fraser crane mean anything to you 
I'm sorry I, to hear that. <laughs> I was very tempted to start that with the uh, I'm Will, and I was going to say, and does the name Fraser Crane mean anything to you? <laughs> well, the it's the radio station. <laughs> does the name Steve Newton mean anything to you? I'm sorry to hear that. Um, just some unbelievable um, delivery there from Kelsey as he's trying to wrangle a, a tour of Microsoft um, f- for Freddy, um, Freddy being the little computer genius that he is. Um, would you ever want to go for a tour around a big, Company, corporation, and office like that. I was going to ask you, would Microsoft actually be interesting? There's not going to be that many computers in there, is there? I mean, if you went to give me a tour of YouTube or Google now, what, people sitting in little cubicles in big offices in America? Boring. If I was eight yeah. years old, even more boring. But don't forget, they throw a beanbag here and there to make it seem really kind of like, you know, we're really free thinking here at Google. I get the feeling. I've actually Mm. looked up. I I did look up, actually. Microsoft is located in Redmond, Washington, which is actually quite close to Seattle, apparently. So with Bill Gates coming on the show, has he been on the show yet? Or is it later season that Bill Gates appears? Here comes up. Oh, no, sorry. He doesn't. He's not on this episode. He's on a different um, on this one. It's later. I think it must be later on. But um, bizarre cameo. I presume it's just because it's local. Do you know what Mm. I mean? We want to sort of plug that. Is that why they did it? You know, they mention a fun fair in this episode, but you don't know which one it is. They go to the, I think they go to a, um, not amusements. What am I thinking? Theme park. I go to the theme park for the day. That's yeah. where Freddie's been. Well, which one? <laughs> could it could be that, any? It's, that I it, want to know. That it's our like guess. Old boy would go on. Not oh, I'd, Microsoft. I'd much rather go there than than Microsoft. Um, <laughs> Raz and, and Bulldog come in now. I'm um, kind of chatting, chatting all things baseball. I think. Um, they they use the phrase the ump. Um, obviously, umpire. the umpire. That is just an abbreviation that would never ever fly over here. Um, I think if you would it, you use ref all the time. Referee. No, no, I, I mean specifically ump. I mean, like if I was watching cricket, no. I would never say yeah. to someone, "Oh, the ump's got that way." I'd be like, "What?" Always be the umpire. But I, I guess for for Americans, what I'm getting at is you would use ref rather than referee for football. I presume yeah. you use an ump rather than umpire. It's but a nice equivalent. With baseball, it is used a lot. It is really. Yeah, the yeah, um, ref, ref gets used not just by fans. I mean, you see the you see the players just going ref, ref, like when they're angry or whatever. Like even they don't have any respect for full naming the. Uh, get the rid officials. of the referee word. We don't need that. Just shout ref at everyone. Let's let's get rid of refs. To be honest, they're uh, they're doing my head in every time I watch them. Um, also, one thing that's just while we're thinking about American and British kind of differences in language, they've always said the gap, whereas it's just gap in the uk yeah we, yeah, we don't use the gap although yeah, I think it, it, it's on the yeah. logos over here isn't it? it still says the very small above it i believe does it really on the shops well when we had the shops well i mean the nearest city to me that i'll actually still work in is chelmsford and they haven't got a gap anymore it's gone yeah they're not they're not super common there's one near me in birmingham because there's a place where there's loads of outlet villages and outlet stores in like a little yeah. resort um and they have a gap there um, but yeah, this is just like, it's a bit like math and maths gap, the gap. Like, it's just, maybe it's just literally, um, you know, a marketing thing. It is literally labeled as the gap over there in the US. I don't know. Um, do you find it surprising that Roz has dated a Microsoft exec? How do we think this particular meeting of minds came about? Uh, is there anyone in Seattle or the Washington area that Roz hasn't dated from any background? Mm, the taxi drivers. And... They're all, they've all, they've all been yeah. there. <laughs> um, I wonder how do you reckon this is a chance meeting at a singles bar? Or... Maybe yeah, she says, know. and I can't remember. 
I don't know, with, with Roz, I mean, do we ever actually believe that she always tells the truth when she's dating? I mean, isn't there one where she says about her driving licence and he says, well, you're not 35, and she says, yeah, and you don't know, you don't weigh 180 pounds or something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she sort of, I think she sort of embellishes a bit of the truth sometimes to get the dates. A little bit of a, yeah, subterfuge, I think, from Roz there. But... She's an attractive young lady. With and she's got a great brain on her, like, you know, There's she's no kind of got it all. No, no there isn't. There isn't. She she deserves a lot better than the weirdo taxi drivers that she ends up ensnaring. You know. Say that again. When uh, when that one is, then uh, oh. <laughs> your chariot awaits. The chariot. Oh, I just am scraping gum off the seats. Um, the KACL baseball jerseys are very cool. Um, really. Want one of those? Really big fan of these. I was, I, I saw these. I was thinking of you straight away. I was like, man, if you could buy them, like on a prop site for you know hundred quid or something, I you'd be all over if that. Preston's got anything to do with that? Preston polling, obviously, he has got probably the largest collection privately of Fraser memorabilia. I wonder if he's ever. I don't think he's got one, but I wonder if he's ever searched and found someone that might be getting rid of. I mean, how many do they have? Maybe three made, just mm. as props. Um, I mean, going to Seinfeld, which I'm actually now rewatching again, as you know, I've always got about three sitcoms on the go. It's the best um, way to live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a good life. Um, there's an episode with Seinfeld, and actually, I think is it Barbara Streisand's actually in it as uh, no there. Do you know Seinfeld the episode very well with the with the improv team? They will have improv on their um jerseys baseball jerseys, and they're playing. Softball. What season is this? Oh, I couldn't tell you now. I think, oh, I think I've seen up to. Like, four or five so it doesn't yeah. ring a bell but right so i think it's barbara streisand that's in it and they kramer loves beaches or something like that i'm sure it's her and jerry wears an improv shirt um as in with improv written on it where he's doing mm. stand-up nights so his softball team is the improv softball team and george is a member and everything like that and i've actually now got the funko pop in fact i'm going to show it to you listeners will not be able to see this so i'm sorry that's fine you the, can we can describe it limited edition Jerry Seinfeld wearing the improv baseball jersey. Oh, my God. When did you get that? Oh, well, it goes with, again, you can see, the collection of Jerry's I have with Pez, puffy shirt. Wow. <laughs> the Frasier collection. <laughs> wow, you've got a lot up there. A couple of Kramers and Newman. Yeah, David Puddy. Um, yeah, um, that's uh, quite a growing collection at the moment. But, um, yeah, why can't they make some more limited edition Frasier ones of those? But going back onto the uh, softball, um, as I've gone off on a massive tangent of what I've collected and, and Seinfeld, the softball game confuses me. What time of day is it? The game that they play? Yeah, what time I of day? Frazier's turning up to work. They're playing like after work? Or is, oh, no, oh no, sorry, yeah, he's played and he gets to work after he's played. Well, this is the original. So when they first come in, Frazier's getting there in a suit to do his show. Oh, I see. Walk, walk in. So is, is Frazier starting his show? Which is Monday to Friday, I believe. And, and it's, what, it's two it's norm- I think it's normally around two he starts, yeah. Right. So I'm making the game as a three hour rough game time for a baseball game. Maybe softball might be shorter. They start the game at eleven AM. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really on a weekday. Um well, it must be a weekday. And who did they it, play? Did they play other radio station softball teams or do they play Microsoft? Who do they I, play? I, I like to think there's maybe some kind of team building radio league that's currently underway and like this is all part I don't know, because other than that, I'm struggling to place it and they've played a game and then they're playing a game at the weekend, because then obviously Frazier says they'd be playing at the weekend. 
because mm. he says, "Can Mindy Guff- or uh, sorry, Bulldog says, "Can Mindy Guthrie play on Saturday's game?" I'm putting the team together for second base. Yeah, yeah. I, so it's midweek. Listeners, help us square this circle, please. Um, MK is going to have an answer for that. He'll he, know. He will, exactly he will when know. The game was. Um, we are back at 1901 now, um, after the, the KACLC. Nars is over with photographs of the Brothers Crane as wee lads. Um, they've got their monogrammed train cases. Um, yeah. is that where they're supposed to, is that like when everyone else has got like gym kits and they've got, yeah, yeah is that when he's describing it? Um, I mean, we've already had a similar thing. you the guy who kept his gym shorts in an attache case. I've Correct. kind of got, I've gone on the record that that is like one of my favorite lines in the whole show. Right, the, the, the blame is 50-50. I knew that was going, I knew that was going. Every um, time I watch that episode, all I can think of you and Key laughing your heads off, just keep saying... Well, I think the blame is 50-50. Superb, superb. Um, I put here a handshake between Frasier and Niles. Why have I why have I made a bullet point of that? Do they do a particularly violent handshake? Or do we is it we haven't really seen them do this for a while? I don't know why I thought that was of note. Um, is it strange? I can't remember now. I should no, I should go on record that I often write these reviews and I've had like four whiskeys on a late Friday night or something. So <laughs> we have to gonna take everything with a pinch of salt here. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't quite remember why I've made note of that. But we, we get on from this scene to realise Freddy is obsessed with Daphne. Um, yeah, like I get kids definitely have like affinities for certain people. And like crushes is the way Daphne or Martin say, oh, he's got a little crush or whatever. It feels like slightly divorced from UK social norms. Like that's just not a thing that would really be would really be spoken about. Um, and think, yeah, I don't know how to kind of handle this. It's obviously innocent, but it's just a strange. Vibe I mean, it's, for me. it's very fun with Freddie, isn't it? The way, yeah, antagonizing with, Niles. He's got a horrible grin at some points when he's hugging and looking. Oh at yeah, thanks, Daphne. Oh, like, I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, I think it's very unhealthy that Niles gets so jealous and envious of an eight-year-old kid. Massively <laughs> That's so. Just crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way... It's the whole, like, even... Does he sneak in the shower? Is that him? Or is it really an accident? I mean... Yeah. I, yeah, she that... wasn't too bothered by it, but she was very bothered when Fraser and Eddie went in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Over her room. Um, yeah, I think like I think a child doing that seems unusual as well, and especially a kid who's like as disciplined as Freddy. He wouldn't say boo to a goose, but he's like going in and trying to voyeuristically cop a feel of Daphne. Um, gently taps on the door and asks to get into bed with her, and she yeah, finds that endearing. She finds <laughs> that endearing. Like I don't know, there's just there's a it's a bit of a grey area for me. Um, you know, I just it's funny with the reaction we get from Niles. It's so worth the payoff. Um, I, you know, I put here his really is just incredible. Just oh, it's really brilliant setups for Niles really. lines and uh, just and delivering like, one word in such a yeah. comedic way. It's just you know that's David Hyde Pierce. Almost the same as Guy, isn't it? The way he sort of gets really, but without a French accent. Although the guy who plays Guy is not French, but exactly. Um, it's just yeah, like you say, to get that delivery out of one single word and then use it three or four times, or as we found out, five. Mm. And still get the same laughs out of it. It's just brilliant use. And uh, just... David Hyde Pierce obviously knocks it out of the park to use a, a baseball term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just superb. Uh, Roz is injured back at, at KACL now. Um, I've put here. 
okay. Does Roz make reference to someone's ass? Um, yes, no. a guy called Gary who has a very good bum, apparently. Gary also plays for the team, a bit like Mindy Guthrie and Liz Budner. So this is what I said about names. How many names of random people that we're never going to see or hear about play for KCL's softball team? I think Bonnie Weems, Bonnie the Auto Lady Weeb, should be on this team. Like, I feel like she's got an absolute pitching arm. I would imagine she's the coach and slaps everyone on the arse as they go onto the, uh, onto the pitch. <laughs> Maybe. Really getting them wound up and probably buys the beers afterwards. I think so. They just head over to her local drinking hall. Um, I mean, Roz, yeah, she loves, I put here, she loves a good arse, don't we all? Um, I think Roz is, you know, she's appreciate one of the, the finer things in life. Um, men in suits or men's bums, it does seem that Rob's, uh, uh, Roz is, Rob? Roz is very uh, taken with that sort of thing, yes. She is. She certainly is. Um, Freddie basically gives Bulldog an existential crisis now by just constantly asking why. Um, this is, is kid behaviour that I get. I find very easy to relate to. I think I was an annoying little SHIT when I was a kid, and I would ask why a lot. Um, I used to kind of have a, a family friend who would come over, and you know he was a lot younger than me, and I, he would like watch me play video games, whatever. He would do that to me, and it would be really annoying. I just, you know, I, I get, I like watching Bulldog melt here. Sorry, what yeah, did you say? We've all been that child, haven't we? We've all, we've yeah. all been eight. We've all asked a billion questions, and we've probably all had someone turn around and go, "I don't know, I don't know, yeah. kid." Just leave, leave me alone. alone. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Bulldog's actually such a solid guy here. Like this is just a side of him we never really see. Like he really, he's like, "Oh, I know you're. He's too good, or or whatever." You know, he's just really nice at backing up Fraser, which kind of comes out of nowhere. I think. Yeah, I think we see two extremes of Bulldog. We don't ever see the neutral Bulldog in the middle here. We see the expertly, really kind, supportive of Frasier, looking after the kid kind of Bulldog, mm. which we've seen before, or maybe we haven't seen before, as I'm not that fresh on it at the moment, at the timeline of when he... Oh, no, because he doesn't, hasn't looked after Alice yet. When mm -hmm. he gets into looking after Alice with Roz, he's very paternal with children. But, uh, Bulldog's got a very caring side, and he obviously got a soft spot for Roz when he paints her toenails. And another one when she hurts her ankle again. Very congenitively weak ankles, Roz, apparently. Very. Um, <laughs> I wonder if she uh, inherited them from Martin. <laughs> and Bulldog obviously then goes to the other extreme with you don't <laughs> you don't look at the mantle when you're stoking the fire. Hey, I just got that. <laughs> it's a brilliant joke, and the fact that everyone just looks at him and he's so proud of himself for working it out. Mm. And you just think, again, you've gone one way to another bulldog. You're going from the two extremes, polar opposite, really, of how he can tell that joke to Frasier. But a minute ago, yeah. he was so nice to Freddie and trying to protect his dad. So, Yeah, like we, you know, he, we find out here that he caught his dad cheating, which is heavy. And he's like, you haven't heard the bad part yet. She was ugly. Was ugly. Uh, just like so much that I feel like has gone into conditioning him to be the kind of gross womanizing misogynist that he is. Um, when we find out that he's seen things like this as a kid, it's kind of not hard to see how he turned out the way he did. Um, I mean, that's pretty heavy. Uh, even I wouldn't, you know, I'd wish that on anyone, even someone as heinous as Bulldog. Um, when they're kind of recounting now, is this, is this Martin or Frasier to Niles when they're recounting how people would say, move in, everybody, cranes up. <laughs> the idea of like... His hands, everyone run away then. <laughs> <laughs> Just really sad. Like I remember playing rounders at school, obviously 
the UK version for 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 better or worse of of, of softball. Um, it was such a an ego boost when you stepped up to the plate and you saw them move back. Yeah. You're like, here we go. Not saying that happened to me very often. Um, I kind of came to sport a little bit later in life. Um, were you were you someone who was a bit of a slugger, Steve? What I played, I played cricket for my high school for quite a while. Uh, really, I, I was very proud to hold uh, opening batsman position, which is, as you probably know, the pinnacle. If you're going to be a batsman, to be one of the first two out there, you need to know what you're doing. And, you do. You've um, got to set the bar. I must say, hitting a four or trying to hit a six off someone bowling at you, even at high school, when you see fielders just look and go, "Sod this! It's, it's just what's the point?" And yeah. people would be let, literally just trying to bowl you out. You'd have, you'd get the worst bowlers coming at you then and it would be that competition i used to love it you know just getting out there we only had believe it or not throughout the whole team we only had two sets of leg pads and two sets of helmets really as you came out of bat if you were out you were walking off trying to take pads off and pass them to the guy walking onto the (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we're in a very good school at having a lot of equipment (laughs) financially I had a brief stint um, at some cricket practice over me. I literally live opposite a cricket pitch, like a little village cricket pitch. Um, And I went over there just to kind of, more just to kind of socialise as a kid and and stuff, but didn't really have a great time. There was like a group of of, of lads in my village who all went to a different school and they weren't particularly pleasant and I just wasn't part of that. And it was just like, I don't know, I was just over there. Associate cricket with that, feeling slightly left out, a little bit sad. So maybe that's why I just don't watch cricket anymore. Who knows? Um, you know, sad story, Will. <laughs> so it is a sad story. I was like, "Come on, guys! You know, just let me play." Um, I just want to play a bit of bat and ball, you know, a bit of bat and ball. Uh, Nars and Fraser at the window seat in Navosa here, so they do go to Navosa, as you say, and they have a coffee apiece. So um, I will rummage around on my computer and try and scare up the uh, the coffee count figures there. But yeah, love them at the window seat. It's kind of vintage Navosa for me. It's very nice area of Navosa. If you were going to sit in any table in Navosa, is that where you'd pick or is there somewhere else? I'd go and sit with a taxidermist. <laughs> I uh, I like the window seat. I also like the, the books, the table. I think I that's where the taxidermist sits, isn't it? I, I can't remember ta- what episode. I'm, I'm making a random reference there. Obviously, I do collect taxidermists. I just want to chuck that in there. You do. Um, but obviously, yeah, I do actually love the window seat and that is where I'd sit. I just really want to use that line. Because he says, where are you going, Fraser? I'm going to sit with the taxidermist. <laughs> I mean, the window seat in the rain would be kind of peak, peak coziness, I think. Um, a lot of shades of chest pains here, kind of finding out your father's weaknesses or kind of beating your father for the first time at something. Yeah. The discussion Fraser and Niles have is very chest pains-esque. Um, which I liked because Chess Pains is a top ten episode for me, as as you you will recall. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I just like that. Can you remember what uh, what Daphne's hair smells like? Um, according to Niles, after Freddie erroneously gets it wrong, it's not. Is, is it a cherry blossom? This one? It's oh, not, you're, it's not cherry bark and almonds. That's way later on. You're isn't very it? close. So keep keep delving. No, I'm, I'm I'm lost. It's a long description. It's two or three different things, isn't it? It is. It's peach blossoms, That's lavender, it. and finally, what's a common ingredient for for wine sommeliers? You know, when they're they're smelling a wine, what do you often get in a wine? It's a it's a proper proper well, ingredient. Grape, maybe a little bit more nuanced than that. Smells of grapes. No, I'm, mm. I'm not on that. Vanilla, vanilla. Um, that's always well, my go-to. Like from wherever where you are, I take it. Say that again. So, well, obviously, that's where it smells like from where you are. 
It does. Whenever I'm smelling a red wine, I'm always like, hmm, a bit of vanilla. Um, it just makes you, makes you, you know, look like a knob. Um, batting cages. Always fancy trying this. I've never you been to what? a batting cage. Right. If I had a batting cage, I would be in there all the time. What a brilliant thing to have in a park. We do not have, you don't have cricket cages over here with a bowler, do you? It just no. doesn't exist. You have to go and find a, a net at a cricket pitch yeah. and play with your friends. We have a driving range golf. in golf. That's the closest I think you can get. Yeah, um, and again, they probably have that in America as well. That's yeah. a very common thing for them. Oh, de- oh, they definitely do, yeah. Um, but yeah, batting cages, What, like I say, just a brilliant thing to go and say, I'm going to stick a couple of quarters in that and just... Yeah, have a particle accelerator chuck balls at me so I can practice. I just, I just think it, it looks like a great way of spending a Saturday afternoon with mates and just say, let's just go down there and smack a few balls, really. Just get some anger out if you want to or fresh, frustration or, or improve on your swing. Yeah, massive. Like, and like we used to use like a gun when I played tennis and like, you know, to, to fire across from, yeah. from the other side of the court. Again, I you could pile one of them at a court. I'd be all over that. Like, I'd love to do that. I love tennis and, and very rarely get to, to play regularly. I'd be I'd be all over that. So um, I'd be interested to know how many of our listeners have actually ever used the, the facilities of their local park in, in that respect. Um, quoting Streetcar at the cages, I've said, which is uh, I think it was Amy with Run For Your Life. Um told us that had already been obviously well no not already been it will come later um in uh, in decoys which uh, is, is a lovely little little crossover you just get so many of those literary references this the writers in the show are so well read um yeah it's, it's quietened down for a bit hasn't it actually um mm. you and you are obviously very well read and quite often mentioned books and and the books that are associated until this one again it's almost like they've disappeared for a bit although we had ross's uh cranston goldenstein which is obviously a a riff around another book, isn't it? I believe. Yeah, stop hard like, play. Um, yeah, and like right. very much, they definitely came up with that episode title before they had a plot, and they were like, "We need to write a plot to fit that episode title because it's just yeah. too, it's so specific." And I wonder how many times they did that. Um, that's you know. is the unnatural anything? It's the, I think the natural is a Kevin Costner baseball film. Um, ah, so it's a, it's a riff on that. Brilliant sense. Let me. It's 1984. Is it Costner? I've not seen a Kevin Costner baseball movie. He's it's been not. So it's not Kevin Costner. It's Robert Redford. Um, mm. I'm thinking of Ball Durham um, with yeah, Kevin Costner. Of his, um, um, Field of Dreams is obviously Kevin Costner, and there's another one. Oh, another really famous Kevin Costner baseball film. There is actually. But yeah, oh, the, the the natural Robert Redford, starring uh, directed by Barry Levinson, who did Diner, which I absolutely love. Um, Good morning, Vietnam, etc. So yeah, it's it's a play on that. Um, for the love of the game, for love of the game. Sorry, it's called for the love uh, of the game. The one, yeah. I would Which never I know that was about baseball because that could be about any sport. I believe that's actually yeah, it's Sam Raimi that directed that. Which no I way. We love Sam Raimi, obviously famed for Evil Dead, etc. So yeah. Yeah, and as my and my childhood, the Spider-Man films. Um, yeah. Which yeah. I freaking love. So there you go. Um, six in a row that hitting yourself in the kidney on the follow through. Um, is that what Martin says to him? I think. I mean, that's um, just graphic, isn't it? That's so that good. actually does bring me up to say one thing though, and that is that if Frazier was terrible at batting, I know you can't really do this, or you can't plan to do it. He could have got out of playing this game a lot easier just by being an average batter and trying to get hit by the pitch. Because then he just advanced to first base and he wouldn't actually have to hit the ball. Mm. So if you get hit by the pitch, um, you're like legally allowed to get to first base unimpeded. Yep. 
Yeah, so, because that's because that's what a, a foul from the pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not always done. Obviously, sometimes it's done on purpose to get their own back on a on a on a batter. But most of the time, it's a slip out of the hand, and obviously, it's an accident. It goes wide and it hits the batter. Are so there any situations ball. where it would be advantageous for the batter to try and get hit to go to first base? Actually, getting hit probably wouldn't be very easy, um, right? Because obviously, you wouldn't be standing that far over the plate. The idea is that they would be throwing the pitch over the plate to get strikes. Um, so no, and you'd have to take the hit. A ninety-nine mile an hour ball to your to your kidney, your arm, your leg. That's a very good point. Yeah, it's going to give very... you a bit of pain. But I mean, there, there's other ways he could have advanced. He could have hoped four balls rather than three strikes. He could have still had the chance mm. of that. But with softball, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if they throw ball and pitch. I presume they still do. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Is it softball and baseball? Is it the difference is just the ball in some respects? I think. I think the ball's bigger, and I in softball, it's bigger. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's underarm thrown. It's not pitched in the same way. They sort of whip right. their arm and throw underarm. I see. Um, that's but I think a lot of the regular rules probably still apply. Again, if listeners want to write in and correct me, which you probably will, we'll uh, definitely have people who know their their b ball. Um, though that's basketball, <laughs> so they'll know their baseball. Well, it's um, not in baseball, and it's not in softball. I've never played softball, and obviously there's no softball league or anything. But I, I presume a lot of American listeners may have played in high school or lower or yeah. Saturday games, etc. Or for corporate events like KACL, obviously seem to have put mm. on. There we go. Um, we learn now that Martin couldn't do couldn't do math in his head. Uh, I put math there for our colonial cousins. Um, it's hard, you know. Maths in your head is hard. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm with Martin here. I mean, I'm I'm not terrible. I can do math in my head, but what's you know. the question he asked? Was it twelve times fifteen or eight times fifteen or something like that? It's... Maybe, yeah. Like he couldn't work out the tip on four, does he? <laughs> Um, the, the tipping the tipping culture in the UK versus the US is is dramatically different. Um yeah. and we could we could probably talk for half an hour about that. I'd I'd be interested to just hear from listeners how do you perceive the tipping culture if you are American or you're North American? Um is it something that you don't blink at and you think it's just part of what you do? Have you ever kind of stopped to think it's maybe a little intrusive in some ways? I don't know. Like in the UK it's m- much less of a social norm um like no it's it's a norm most people follow but like you wouldn't be ostracized or like you no, know, banished or a pariah from that restaurant if you didn't tip um and I, i've noticed a lot more commonly now they will just put the tip on the bill for you it says 12 and a half percent gratuity has been added and you have to tell them if you want it to be taken off which you very will rarely do that's why they do it um, well, yeah, exactly. If it's already added on, do you want to be uh, sorry to child listeners that asshole yeah. who basically turns around and goes, "I'm sorry, but your service was god awful, and I'm not paying that twelve and a half percent." Your chef might not get it, but you're certainly not getting it because obviously, yeah. I think in the UK it's very different that it goes out to everybody. I know a lot of people that have worked in restaurants in the past, and that tip jar that happens to be on the counter, for example, you say, "Oh, you know, take this for yourself." They sort of try and divide it up by all of the serving staff. The management wouldn't get it, but then all the chefs, because the chefs are the ones cooking your meal. They're slogging their guts out at the back. Why are they not tip worthy? And I exactly. think America, it's more the servers that are getting it, not necessarily the chefs. Again, listeners, you'll probably rattle over me for that, and, and it will come out quickly that I'm wrong. Maybe the chefs do get tips, but um, mm-hmm. I don't bother. Green friends never says she picked up a load of tips at the weekend. Whereas Rachel obviously does talk about tips because she's uh, out the front of the house. So yeah, very, very true. Um, 
I was just about to ask a question then about what we were talking about restaurants tipping. Um, oh, it's gone for the love of God. I don't know what I was going to ask, but it's gone. If it comes back to me, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, a, a debate, a debate to be had there. So, uh, so let us know, listeners, what your what your thoughts on tipping culture is. Uh, Niles, you obviously failed to notice the subtle diamond pattern in my tie. Uh, love this, as we've said, just a really great line. Um, his kind of little little gesture towards the uh, the sport of baseball, America's pastime. There, um, the let the boy finish when Freddie is describing his uh, his foray into the bathroom, which we've already discussed. A bit suspect, um, you know. Don't don't love it. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of a lot of creepiness is happening here. Um and Freddie reveals he already knew Fraser wasn't perfect, which I think is quite a nice moment between them in some ways. I mean, you know, Freddie's being a little bit of a, a you know, hoity toity prep school boy, but it's still a it's kind of a, a heartwarming moment in, in a weird way. Um Yeah, I, I mean Freddie's Freddie's very mature, which actually brings me on another subject I was going to mention. Freddie's very oh, yeah. mature in the way that he speaks, etc. But it's also very mature that he's an eight year old and he's flown from Boston to Seattle alone. Oh but yeah. That, yeah. What Just what is what is that about? The plane and off he goes and he appears in Seattle and his parents just pick what well, his dad picks him up. I'm sure. Surely you can't travel. Um, like there's an age limit to how old you have to be to travel alone. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not exactly Macaulay Culkin, is he? He's not. He's not, he's not on the plane. He's actually he's, being put on the plane. He's definitely not that streetwise. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I hadn't, he, I hadn't he, thought he, about that. When he comes in, he says, you know, he's eight, and he says, oh, I've got to go and pick him up. And there is actually, I looked up a bit of trivia earlier, but very rushed uh, prepare, uh, preparation for this. And there is actually a time that Fraser and Lilith leave Freddie when he's two. And uh, it's not in Fraser and it's not in Cheers. It's actually in the episode of Wings when they travel uh, and appear in, in Wings in 1992, I think it is. But it makes Freddie two years old and uh, he's at home alone. Who leaves a two year old? Where is he? Where, who's he, he with? Well, there's, no with there's no mention as a nanny or. Well, he's not with Martin because Martin's in Seattle and mm. Fraser and married in boston at the time <laughs> right so, who's looking after this two-year-old boy where do they well, hopefully they've hired a nanny or something i don't know um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's perfectly legit but it's just odd that they just let freddie do what he wants whenever he the wants the mind does wonder um for sure uh his, his delivery of grandpa can't do math in his head is is excellent <laughs> as well um and i love i mean this is my last bullet point of the review um David Hyde Pierce's smile at Freddie when he's like looking over the shoulder of Daphne. That is definitely him smiling rather than Niall smiling. Like it is so natural and so kind of feels like he's almost losing it. I love that. I well, love that. I actually agree with you, but I also think that Trevor Einhorn, who's playing Freddie, is exactly the same. That little smirk makes you want to hit him so yes, hard. Yes, it does. When he hugs Daphne, looks at David Hyde Pierce, and I think they're both just laughing. I think his smile sets David off, and David's looking at Trevor, and Trevor's thinking, I'm a kid and I'm owning this scene. He yeah, knows yeah. that he's going to get some good laughs. Yeah, completely. Um, So, so good. Um, but yeah, that is the the kind of last bullet point of my review. There was quite a quite a brief list this week. Um, the episode's pretty pretty tight, and there's not 
too many well, tangents offering themselves. As we're ending on that, do you know that's mm. actually the first appearance of Trevor Einhorn in Seattle? Because the last time we actually saw Trevor playing Freddie, Freddie's in Boston in a Lilith Thanksgiving. This is the first Freddie at 1901 that's not the original little Freddie that everyone prefers. Ah, very true. Very true. His first time in Frazier's eclectic apartment. Um, so there we go. Lovely little uh, little stat there. Uh, who is this in your top 10, Steve? It's not. It's a good episode and it's fun. Mm. I, think, I think Bulldog's got some great lines. Um, Niles has got some great stuff. Roz is brilliant in it. But no, I, I don't think the story is there enough for me to to enjoy it enough to be in the top 10, I'm afraid. I am with you there. Uh, it's not in my top 10. Who have you gone for best actor pick? Do you know what? I knew you were going to ask this as well. And I was walking around at work today thinking, what am I going to do with the actors that are in it? I don't think it's Kelsey, although his spin while he's missing a ball and falling to the ground and stuff like that. And when Ex- Excellently choreographed. Onto his head is brilliant. <laughs> just slaps it on. It's a little tight. Bang! There it goes. Bam. Um, do you know what? Freddy or Bulldog? And I think Bulldog's going to take it with the uh, the whole, hey, I just got that. I think he's absolutely brilliant. The way he talks with Roz, the way he comes in, he owns those scenes again. And I think mm. Dan Butler really is spot on in the in in season four i can see why he was almost becoming a regular cast member because i think he really does steal the scenes when he's in them that's um, a so, cracking yeah. pick Bulldog. i really love that i've 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 gone with niles just because of the reelies and the way yeah. he's in his interplay with trevor einhorn i really enjoyed um but i think bulldog is a stellar stellar selection there steve love to love to see that um oh, kendy burling our man on the ground just a quick one this week can he do math in his head he can. He's an expert mathematician. He actually mm. helped Goodwill Hunting um, in the film. He was actually in the training for that when they were doing all wow. the math. Yeah, he, he was, was the there. consultant. Those, those yeah, equations he, we see on the blackboard. He wrote, he wrote those. Them. Yeah. He wrote them. That's that's all we need to know. No further explanations <laughs> needed. All that remains is to play. Whose crane is it anyway? Um, let me just. Get, I'm gonna have to get KACL up just to double check because I've put two down here, um, and I don't know if that's because the first one when I double checked isn't actually used once. Um, It's used more than once. But the word is defensive. No, it is only used once. Who uses the word defensive in this this episode? I'm going to say it's Bulldog. Okay. I just think it's it's going to be a baseball thing. I couldn't give you any other context other than I think he's going to say that it was... Roz was playing very defensive or something like that, or she was defensive over the game. Believe it or not, it is our main man, Frazier, when he and Martin are having their little dispute in the batting cage and he says, fine, fine, dad, get defensive. I was eight years old um, about the, the tipping. But there we go. Always hard. They're meant to be stupidly hard. So uh, so don't take it. I, I, I eventually just kind of I've dialed the format down now. So it's just one unique word to make it as hard as possible because it used to just be a line. And nine times out of 10, you can always get what the line is. Um, key can, you can. So I was like, I need to just make it really hard, like a stupid. It's one for the real. It's one for the real trivia nerds that are listening. Um, a little treat for them. Um, but shall we jump over to listen to mail this week, Steve? Yes. Yes. Let's. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, trivia corner this week. Uh, a lot of you have written in. Um, really nice to hear from you. Oh, Ludicrous Popinjay. Sorry. Oh, it's not trivia corner, mate. Did I say trivia corner? 
Yeah. Listen to mail this week. Listen to mail. My God, man. It's one of those. I need a cup of tea. Not that or, or a beer. Ludicrous Poppin' Jay, who we haven't heard from for a while, actually. Really, really great to hear from, from, from him. Uh, he says, good day, gentlemen and Will. Congratulations on finishing your PhD. You must be so relieved to be done. And from one graduate student to another, I know how much work you've put in and how much anxiety you must have felt at times. I'm looking forward to the moment in two years' time, hopefully, when I've finished mine. So again, congratulations and a job well done. As always, a top-notch episode. The venerable Mr. Assbasket is a worthy stand-in for Key. You two have great chemistry together, and it feels like the podcast hasn't missed a beat. I've always considered Talking Bird to be one of my favourites. It's the same time we see the Montana. The first time, sorry, we see the Montana. I've always wondered what the exterior must look like. I'm thinking something like the Dakota in NYC, infamously the oh, yeah. site of John Lennon's murder. I can definitely see that. Yeah. The first time we see Baby, and of course, a disastrous crane dinner party to top it all off. Some minor pedantry here. I'm pretty sure Nars's Maris clone of a dog is named Girl. I checked the transcript of the episode where she appears, and she's always referred to as Girl, never Lady. She is introduced by Nars in chest pains as the new lady in his life after Daphne suggested he buy a dog for companionship, but Nars only ever called her girl i definitely have a feeling whenever me or key probably me used lady i was thinking of girl instead um that makes that's definitely a lot more sense it was me um, was, we uh i think me and you re um reviewed that one didn't we did we did we did uh maybe we were kind of disputing what... i know that we don't normally discuss the things but i actually did re reply to ludicrous popping jay with a fraser wiki link which does actually show the dog's called lady but obviously we don't know that for certain are they doing the same thing? Is that where we've all got Lady from because we've all read the wiki on it or what? Because Yeah, where did I get... I've never read the wiki and I don't know where I got Lady from because he does call it. He's like, girl, girl. Um, yeah. Yeah, really weird. Um, looking forward to hearing your 100th episode. Is Birmingham declaring a Will and Key Day in your honour? If so, I must find a merry band of Will and Key Day carolers to serenade me. Yours sincerely, Ludicrous Pop and Jay. Very nice. Thank you very much for your, your kind words at the beginning there as well. Lovely and stuff. Also, uh, thanks for complimenting me there. I'm very pleased with that. Thank you very much. Yes, Dave. Nice to be in the listener mail, not just writing listener mail. There you go. Um, next up, we have Bedon1997. Great pod again, guys. Think we're probably going through the best run of episodes which we've had at the moment. Maybe the end of season one, but this runs close to it, if not. Haven't got much to say other than adding something Steve said regarding Caroline in the City. Did you know that Fraser actually had a mini crossover? I did know that. Um, the rest of the comments are actually to do with Caroline and the City and Friends appearing, and um, we have discussed this in the past. Um, it's very difficult to find the footage. I believe it's actually on YouTube, um, and I think I've posted it on Fraser Fan Club before of Caroline and the City. Niles and Daphne appear at the end of the episode, Caroline and the Bad Back. Yes. So, sorry to shorten your comment there, but we have discussed it previously. Um, P.S. As everyone has already said, congrats on the PhD, Will. Thank you very much, Bedar. Very kind indeed. Good night, Seattle says, another fantastic episode, gents, and congratulations on completing your PhD, Will. Are you going to make a career of academia now or turn your attention to something else? That's one hell of a question, um, which I, <laughs> I, I like being asked, but um, the truth of the matter is probably turning my attention to something else. Um, the state of academia in both the US and the UK is terrible apocalyptically bad um so i've recently been considering law and have been doing some research about a law career so that's where i'm at at the mo um if anyone listening has any advice by all means get in touch 
Uh, I absolutely love To Kill a Talking Bird, not least because it introduces one of my favourite sets from the show, the Montana. One thing I really like about the Montana episodes that we get over the next few seasons is that we meet residents of the building who return for more than one episode, something that's sorely lacking from Elliot Bay, with the exception of Cam Winston and Regan. As you mentioned, Carol comes back in two seasons' time in Taps of the Montana, spilling wine on herself again, and has to soak it up with a piece of bread. As much as I enjoyed Niles' canine substitute for Maris for the, for the few scenes she was in, Baby is a much better addition to the show in terms of comedic potential, giving us another really strong entry to season four. It's a shame she didn't feature more often, although maybe further bird-focused episodes would have had diminishing returns. Is she actually in any other episodes? I can't remember. The one where she dies. Oh, God. What episode is that? By the way, I'm very sorry to anyone who hasn't seen that episode for dropping that clangor in there. What? No, what um, episode is that? Is that oh, late? She eats something off a crab puff, doesn't she? And uh, they're having it's exactly the same sort of party, don't they? Um, play like a murder mystery, don't they? I can't remember what it is. Oh, oh. what's the episode? Oh, is it that episode? Um, I can't, I can't think. But there you go. You, uh, you have a little look while I, I read the rest out here. Um, I have to say, I totally disagree about which apartment I'd rather live in. For me, the Montana is the preferable domicile beyond a shadow of a doubt. The decor is much more to my taste, the rooms seem cosier, and the kitchen is more than just a partitioned section of an open-plan room. Not to mention it has a study, a library, and a gift-wrapping room. Dare I suggest that you could use this episode to name your end-of-season ranking tiers, Lush, Lech, and Horny. I love that, <laughs> and I... I'm absolutely going to use that. So, at any point when we get towards the end of the season, you want to remind us of that because I might have forgot. Please do so because that's fantastic. Final note: still catching up, and I just finished your season two wrap up. I can't believe someone else in the world remembers Bone Kickers. I was studying archaeology at university whilst it aired its single series. It's a special place in my heart for the absolute nonsense uh, that they peddle in that show. I once found thirty copies of the DVD release on sale in CEX for one pound, so I bought a copy without hesitation. I can now watch Adrian Lester find and destroy the Holy Cross, Boudicca's uh, Bo remains, and an Excalibur any time I wish cracking stuff the answer is taps at the montana oh it is taps at the montana right, i think is it the one they fake that niles has been in africa or something he comes back and he's got the bird and the guy's been yes. uh, tap dancing around and they have exactly the same party guests pretty much other than that weird willow lady that we didn't really know her name in. that's the one that's the one um right next up is miss worcester 22 to kill a talking bird, what an episode. Me and my boyfriend regularly walk around the house saying cute but stupid to the cat who just rolls her eyes at us and walks away. There used to be a macaw parrot in our local pet shop named Sergeant Pepper and he was amazing. I remember managing to teach him to say talk to the hand because we all thought that we were really cool saying it to each other in the playground at school. Steve was dead on. John Mahoney and Jane Leaves did did corpse. Oh, sorry, did corpse during the bobbing up and down with baby scene as seen in the 20th anniversary show special, which features some bloopers of the show. There are extracts of this show on YouTube. Just type in Frasier bloopers slash outtakes and you'll find it. It's a bit weird, though, because the video has been rotated, so Frasier's apartment looks rather odd. That'll probably be so it doesn't get copyright struck, I think. Yeah. Flipped the yeah. image. This is a fantastic run of episodes, guys. Keep up the spirited discussion. It's really helping me come out of this miserable winter we've been having. I've also been reading Humankind after Key recommended it some time ago. Fabulous read, so thanks for that also. Much kindness, Amy. Run for your life. Run for your life. Lovely stuff. Uh, MK says, we're going to have to start calling you Steve. E. <laughs> A little pun on Key there. Great job, lads. 
Uh, no white, re- regarding no white after Labor Day that I'll certainly know about, we were and still are decidedly middle class, so I just wore whatever felt comfortable because temperatures in Pennsylvania during the late summer varied greatly from day to day as the season changed to fall. But in all honesty, by the 1950s, the wealthy class of... of kind of made it the unwritten rule that you mentioned in the episode about not flaunting your wealth. The elderly rigidly didn't break this rule, but the new wealthy did because they liked to flaunt, so it was a way for the elderly to know who the new pretenders were. Problems I'll never have to worry about. Trivia and fun bits for the unnatural. Martin slaps Fraser's batting helmet on to demonstrate how well it protects your head, much like Fraser slaps the fireman's helmet off Nars's head in Season 3's Fraser Grinch. And the sociopathic lying and manipulation on display here from Frederick in regards to Daphne is only the tip of the iceberg for what he'll try in Season 7, Episode 9's The Apparent Trap. I'm surprised that Fraser and Lilith don't recognise and analyse their son a bit more, given these shocking early-aged hints. Very good point. Very good point. He always makes a good point. I told you you'd know about Labour Day, didn't I? He would. <laughs> you did. Uh, next up, Reclia 77, The Unnatural. When I read the synopsis of the episode, I expected it to be a bore. Far from it. The rivalry from Niles and Frederick just got better and better. When Frederick turned around with a smug smile after being picked up by Daphne, I laughed so much. I do wonder if that reaction was more DHP than Niles. So touching upon exactly what you've just said. Uh, there we go. Cam Winston says, well, well, just Steve has returned for round two. Look at him being all famous. Lovely man indeed. Key, you should feel threatened. He's that good. He may have gone to Princeton. <laughs> right, let's start by clarifying the chocolate cake question. It was just a silly, totally... Oh, do you remember this? Yeah, I, I, I remember that chocolate cake question. It gave there we me go. I was trying to think, what the hell, I didn't know the reference. So basically, um, Caitlin had made a chocolate cake, um, and the recipe was from Germany, and uh, it was like a little inside joke from the trivia chat there. Um, but it was still, it was good, you know. It just took us a little, a little off guard, but you gotta, you've got to have fun. <laughs> you've got to have fun. Uh, the Unnatural, don't mind it too much, as it does show Bulldog's caring side when he doesn't want to embarrass Fraser's image to Frederick. That's a nice touch. The fact Frederick works it all out is even cooler, and the moment they have on the Coco Chanel in the apartment is lovely. On another note, where's Key? He may be out of a job soon, the way Steve is dancing on his floor. Key, I, when I said that he's nursing a hangover from one too many Merlots at his wine club this week, I am literally telling the truth. Um, he wishes he could be here, but is physically unable to be. Um, but he works so damn hard that he needs to let his hair down. If anyone does need Key, he's uh, been at his club. <laughs> he's been at his club. Um, that is everything, I think, this week for a listener mail. Um, so thank you, everyone who wrote in. Um, we'll be back next time with Roz's turn, not Ham Radio, which I said I wanted trivia and comments on uh, last week because we're always thinking two episodes ahead. And at that point, two episodes ahead was um, Roz's turn not ham radio so um we have ross's turn to go before we get to get to that but that will be that will be good fun i'm looking forward to that steve an absolute pleasure thank you for joining me today and for kind of saving the day by getting this episode out there yeah i felt a bit like billy cruise getting the emergency call today and uh luckily i've got a big mercedes and managed to get here in time so. well what a what a pleasure and i bet you bet you set the clock in yours um there we I go do. I, yes it's the big one <laughs> <laughs> um other than that i've been will I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 